0: Countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field.
1: The next two episodes of the Contracting Experience podcast will be about the Startup Innovation Fellowship Program that I completed this past June, 2019. The Startup Innovation Fellowship Program is run by National Security Innovation Network and provides military and civilian employees with four to 15 years of experience and opportunity to embed with a startup company to address a command problem for six weeks. I was matched with the startup company, Decisive Point in Washington, D.C., that works with other startup companies to help them get emerging technologies into the government space. My focus area was to better understand the challenges startups face in doing business with the government. This first conversation is with Decisive Point co-founder Eric Horan, who is a former Navy contracting officer. He provides an interesting viewpoint on how we can better collaborate with startup companies to solve national security problems keep an eye out for part two on my Startup Innovation Fellowship experience, where Major General Cameron Holt, Deputy Assistant Secretary for Contracting, Office of the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics, will be turning the tables and interviewing me on my experience. I also appreciate you bearing with me on the sound quality of this first episode as, although glass conference rooms look cool, they do not make the best recording studios. Other than that, please enjoy. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Amber. Can you tell me about Decisive Point and your vision for the company?
0: Certainly. So, um, Decisive Point was founded by myself and my partner, Tommy Hendricks. Um, my background I actually come out of the government. So, I spent ten years as a contracting officer for NAVC, so buying the Navy's major weapons systems. Uh, did tours in P.O. aircraft carriers, uh, integrated warfare systems, shipbuilding, etc. Um saw a lot of good stuff there. Um, it's incredibly interesting to be the KO and negotiate billion dollar weapon systems. You see the entire business deal. It's pretty fascinating. Um, it can also be a bit discouraging at times. Um, you know, Lockheed's in a pretty good spot when they're the only one who can go to negotiate a major weapon system. So it was a challenge, and I think what I really saw was the need to incorporate new emerging technologies into those major platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, the emergence of AI, ML, really advanced data analytics, et cetera. We knew that that was out there, but we had no idea how to bring into uh, our large programs. Mm -hmm. So I started Decisive Point with Tommy to figure out ways where we could tap into the best technology companies and try and integrate them into those large platforms.
1: So what challenges does Decisive Point and other startups that Decisive Point works with face in doing business with the government?
0: (laughs) No, the main challenge is really they need a contract. The best startup companies have incredible investment in them. They have um, usually a very large market they're trying to address, and largely that market is not the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Um, So those that are interested in working with the government find it very challenging that they might have to sit and wait and work really hard to get a contract in a year. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been great effort folks like AfWorks, MP5, et cetera, to create new contracting channels that give them rapid contracts and framed in a way that that they can work with the government. But I think we need to go further. Um, Even the most advanced rapid programs, they still have these challenges. They're just inherent in the system. Um, It's really not the, the government or the contracting officer putting it on the program. It's just things that we have to deal with. That are really getting in our way. So mm-hmm. it's really, you know, if I were if I were present for a day, it would be sort of starting fresh and using using what's out there to create channels to get these stars with great technology, get them in the door, get them even the smallest type of contract, because mm-hmm. then then they can talk to their past performance. They actually have a contract where, you know, they're they're building something even small that they can speak to that and build off of it. So it's it's about taking what the bar gets you adding a sprinkle of some en- new NDAA frameworks to create these rapid channels of, of small pieces that show the potential.
1: Okay, and what are some of those that you've seen with your clients, um, like using some of the small business innovation research, phase yeah. one, phase two stuff?
0: Like I said, AppWorks I think, is doing an incredible job of taking what's there, which is the SBIR program, mm-hmm. and, and making it workable. For startups and for emerging technology companies, um, they've you know they, they've shrunk in the timeline to three months and made it a customer discovery sprint for a smaller dollar value. But that's fine. That's totally meaningful for these companies that they don't need to get a cost plus fixed fee um, phase one that's hundred. They don't need that. That's not what these companies and, and you know is focused on bringing on technologies that are dual use that have already proven themselves in the commercial market. So it's really about taking two months to think about. How can I adapt? What do I need to do to adapt my products but also my processes to exist and thrive in the government market? If it doesn't work, okay, great. Right. You know it doesn't work, but you know what? That company's been meeting with, Air, in this case, Air Force and other government customers to explain their technology. So for that small dollar amount, that's worth it. Right. Um, so I love that program and we need more of it. We also need to spread it out. Uh, it doesn't need to be just in the Air Force. It needs to be with my folks in the Navy. Um, so I, I know they're working on that, um, but we need more of that. Some excellent
1: career. Right. And you had mentioned dual use, and I know just from my experience here with working with uh, you guys and talking to some of the other startups and then some of the organizations within the government, like um, Defense Innovation Unit and AFWorks, you know, they've really from all those different folks uh, impressed upon having dual use. So that way, you're not solely dependent on the government to give you contracts in order to keep your business thriving. Because we want to build these businesses up, we don't want them to be waiting around for contracts. So if they can find a way to be on the commercial side, build up um, their businesses, get these government contracts that like you had talked about, um, developing these technologies, and then once they're ready to be able to withstand, you know, all of the compliance and the regulation coming back, and 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 really um, owning some of those contracts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're. There needs to be a recognition on the startup side too, as well that look to work with the government is challenging. Um, we're not going to remove all the barriers. There's certainly ones that make sense to to put up front to startups, whether it's cybersecurity or things like that. But let's make it reasonable. Let's not bring in excess regulations just for the sake of checking compliance boxes. Let's make sure that okay, like no, the cybersecurity clause probably makes sense regardless. You know, uh, if you're a startup or Lockheed Martin, but. It's t- it's being it's looking at what we have and what we can do with what we have, and then taking out what's really unnecessary and leaving in what matters.
1: Mm-hmm. So, do you have any suggestions on how uh, some of these challenges could be
0: addressed? In terms of solving the challenge of getting these companies contracts, um, I think we can leverage the micro purchase threshold to our advantage. The micro purchase threshold, I think, is ten k right now. You can obviously use your government purchase card to purchase. Uh, goods and services underneath that threshold in a very rapid way. Um, I think we need to use that tool to set up a platform where the government and startups can can kind of get in a sandbox together and work in a day or two day sprint where they can understand what's in the realm of possible with this technology. So mm-hmm. I think the way we do market research in the government right now is it's not adequate. I think it's critical for not only the program manager, but the contracting shop, to be in the same room doing market research um, with the best in class in the industry for whatever they're trying to buy. Mm-hmm. And one way we can do that is to hold, you know, design thinking workshops or some sort of day or two day long sprints where we bring in a host of companies, but you pay them right. Like you pay even if it's a thousand or two thousand dollars, that's meaningful, mm-hmm. um, and that gets the best startups engaged with you before you're writing your requirements. Right. I'm not talking about um, having this five million dollar requirement like you've already scoped out and now you're bringing companies in to like think if which one you're going to pick no it's it's about like i want to buy an ai solution to help my predictive maintenance problem mm-hmm. okay great let's put out something and distribute it very widely that says we're looking for the best companies and let's just take startups for instance because that's who pertains to this micro purchase special put it online get it out there Say we're gonna hold a two-day event, we're looking for the best eight companies in this specific realm of AI. You get the companies, you fund them 2K or whatever travel cost plus to get their people out there. Mm-hmm. You, are, you offer the, the option to you know maybe buy, if it's a SaaS product, maybe you can license the product for those two days, right? So you're able to engage with the companies, understand how we can work with them, what their technology can do and what it can be applied to. Um, the key to this sort of micro-purchase threshold platform is that we need to tie it to acquisition we need contracting and support there mm-hmm. um, again it'll just turn into a, an industry day if, if we do that and industry days are fine but they're not i think they could be designed better and so if you have this micro purchase threshold platform i'm going to call it um, buy to try so that's my i just call it patent what is this trademark <laughs> i got that so the buy to try platform would allow government program managers in coordination with their contracting shop to work with the best um, emerging technology companies for rapid sprints that can help shape not only the requirements that come out of the workshop, but also the, the contracting and acquisition pipeline that will get them um, into their programs.
1: Right. Well, and what I like about that is um, you know just in this experience, in this fellowship on working with decisive point and then being able to talk to some of your clients and seeing the technologies that are out there um, and, and talking to you know the ceos of those companies and their passion for making their mark and helping with um, national security in the united states like it, it definitely brings it home especially for a contracting person that's usually in my cube, you know, and mm-hmm. writing the contracts, but when you actually get to see the technology and meet these people and see how it works, um, it, it adds to it and, and brings it home as far as like, yes, let's do this, yeah. you know, br- let's br- do it as a team,
0: bring it together. I totally, I could not agree more. So my experience in my 10 years as a contracting guy with the Navy was, you mm-hmm. know, and this is just a fact of life. This is the system we operate in, right. is that We, as a contracting shop, start working for our customer when we get a purchase request, Mm -hmm. right? When that PR comes over, I know I'm turned on to fulfill that requirement within that budget, and that's that. There's an extremely large amount of work that goes into putting that PR together, right? There's a ton of market research. There's Mm -hmm. your budgets and your whatever, whatever. The contracting shop needs to be, as you said, like we know that great stuff is out there. You know the program managers and their teams are out there scouring the ground for the best stuff. We need to be a part of that process so that we can get excited about the project. And that, you know, when, we're, when we understand the work that goes into that market research, you see how this new technology could benefit a large program. And, and I would get excited. I'm sure you would too. I mean, and that's the whole idea of like these, this, this buy to try platform needs to have all parties because we all come away from that excited right. and say, all right, let's go build our PR. You know, as a contract officer, oh man, like another PR came up, and the, and the program office is already like pick the company they want to work with. Now you have to go back. You're starting from a bad place. Right. You're just you're starting too far along, and like it sets up an adversarial, um, not adversarial, but just not a great relationship. Where me as a contract officer now has to tell you, like, hey guys, remember like we have to compete this thing, and I have to throw all these regulations on you, and it's going to take a, two years. Like, no. Like if we start at this very granular level and build our understanding of the requirement together and, you know, the contract people can tell you right up front, like, oh, well, we can't do it that way because of this. And it just, you build a teamwork and a framework that, that works and everyone's excited to get the best stuff together. Right.
1: And, and as part of that, um, and i told you this offline too, is, you know, when I've talked to um, the different startups through this experience, you know, like I said, they're all passionate about Solving national security problems, mm-hmm. like they want to know from the operator's view, what are your problems? Get feedback on on how they can better help solve those. Um, and when you look those people in the eye and you see what they're trying to do, you can better focus that on okay, now what what can I do on my side? Which is you know put the contracting strategy and the business strategy together to make this work. Right. Um, and so it, like you said, gets everybody on the same team and going towards the same goal.
0: And, you, and another point, too, is that, and I'm sure you felt this too in talking with the startup CEOs, is that they're not like working with a traditional government contractor that's going to be looking to bill you for every you know, change order and REA that they possibly can. Like these guys, what they can do for such small dollar amounts and in such short amount of time is incredible. I mean, like, the some, in some of most cases, the software is ready to go. You could download it and try it for two days and like see what they can do the benefits that can provide. Um, you know, a lot of times the contracting shop is seen as a barrier, I mean, that's just the nature of what we have to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you get them to buy into working with a different type of company that can do things in uh, really novel and important, impactful ways, you definitely get behind that, right? So that's what it is. It's trying to find ways to, as you said, sort of show, show the, the contracting office that it's worth it to, to try and get.
1: It it was, it's been a refreshing experience, really. Especially coming from major weapon systems, Mm -hmm. as you have, it is is refreshing, it's exciting to see the innovation that's out there and that's possible, and then it gets you excited to want to see how can we bring this in faster. So as we talked about, you spent 10 years in Navy contracting, so what have you learned being on industry side now that you wish you would've known as a contracting officer?
0: So as a contract officer, I always I was looking into industry and seeing things like artificial intelligence and uh, all these novel things that were happening and wishing that I we really could be a part of that. But you know, I also had to be mindful that I couldn't necessarily go out and just talk to a company, right? I had for the contract officer, most important thing is to keep your integrity and to keep your objectiveness. So I I wasn't comfortable. Doing market research to the extent of like, let me call up um, company X because I know that like they have something that might fit our program. So taking like, that was what I thought was was happening and why I couldn't do it. But then when I went to industry, it sort of validated everything that I thought. It's not very hard to find the best in class in certain industries when you're not constrained by those kind of regulations, um, which is why I really want to have the this platform, the buy to try, where that is a way where you can, you know, as a contract office, have a legitimate way to to see what's out there to work with those companies to to actually try out and to inform your uh, the way you buy things because at the end of the day, the contract officer is there to create the right business relationship between a company and the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, I think we really just need to allow the contract office to be part of that front end discovery of what is in the realm of the possible and why it's important to bring it into our programs well and do you think that that was your perceived
1: view of that you weren't allowed to do that or do you think Mm -hmm. it was because i agree with you i have the same feeling and i don't know if it was just like you know we're risk adverse and we're being you know we come in and they're like well you know and you feel like well i don't i don't know if i'm allowed to do this and i'm not allowed to do that but really i mean the far says that we can engage with industry until we get a um, request for proposal put out there um, on the street. So as you know, as long as we're looking at it from like a market research standpoint, right. and we're not, um, you know, and we be mindful of conflicts of interest and all those things, obviously. But um, if we're looking at it from a market research standpoint, then maybe there is no real issue.
0: And I think that happens in a lot of cases, right? Where because I, I as a contract officer want to maintain objectivity, I didn't feel like I should be doing that. That's not correct. Um, As you said very correctly, you need to pull yourself away as soon as that requirement hits the street. Up until that point, your job is to understand the market so that you're putting forth the best RFP and in turn contract. So I think that really is a critical point that contracting officers need to know that it's really their job to understand the market so that they can help create that, uh, that that RFP that really um, will allow the right best companies to get in and get the right type of contract. Right. And this actually
1: just came to my mind, but it's all kind of leading back to what General Holt is trying to do mm-hmm. with Air Force contracting of being mission-focused business leaders rather than just um, you know business advisors, better understanding the market, um, better understanding what's out there, um, what capabilities are out there, so then we can help. Our program teams, you know, put together the business strategy to move forward in the best way of buying these capabilities.
0: Yeah, a General Holt is right on point. Um, I heard him speak about this about four weeks ago at a deaf conference or deaf drink and think. He he's treating the contract, he wants to treat contract officers as the future CEOs of companies. And I completely agree. I think that they need to feel empowered to not only you know do the compliance and make sure that everything's above board, which is focus of what I think we're doing now, but to be more entrepreneurial entrepreneurial, and to think, okay, like if I'm gonna buy this requirement, again, they have to know the requirements coming, mm-hmm. um, but if I'm gonna buy this requirement, I wanna learn everything I can about AI, right? Mm-hmm. And and they should have the freedom from their management to go up and do it and to learn. And maybe, you know, I mean, I used to get excited when, <laughs> uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, I used to get excited when like my program manager would give me budget to travel with them right, to oh, the shipyards and all that. Yeah. Um, you come back and like, fired up. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, now I can negotiate that REA because I can see that right. there's a hole in the ship. <laughs> like, right. That, I mean, not that I wouldn't anyway, but right. it brings new meaning it to it. It makes it
1: real. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, it does.
0: And so to open up channels where contracting people can go out and understand best practices in the industry, that's something General Holt talked about. He was saying, you know, let's, let's set up ways for you to act more entrepreneurial. I totally agree. I would be I would be very pumped up if General General was my boss. Yeah.
1: So so that's a couple of things that I've also found, you know, through you guys through this experience is Defense Entrepreneurs mm-hmm. Forum. It's a platform for people on both sides that are interested and motivated to to work on, in the national security area and um, and and there and there's a platform there to communicate across those lines and so So I'll put a link in the show notes to their website. So you guys can check that out. Um, And then the other thing is going to pitch days. I mean, there are opportunities where contracting folks could go to pitch days. I went to a FedTech pitch day last week, which was awesome. Um, Just seeing these, these companies that are trying to integrate um, technologies that have been developed by the government and trying to turn those into startup companies. And, they're, and you know, they're pitching those and just seeing the people and what they're doing and, and the technology and stuff like that, it makes it real and it makes you excited to want to like make it happen. Absolutely. Well, Eric, I wanna thank you for your time today and for you guys hosting me on this fellowship and it's been a great experience and I'm excited to share it Yeah, fantastic
0: to in. have you Amber. And uh, you know, I think this, this program that you did was actually something that we've hit on as the contract mm-hmm. officer getting out of the building and seeing what's out there. I mean, I think the perspective you have now, you'll understand the next offset advantage is not gonna be adding 10 knots to our chips. It's gonna be from emerging technologies like AI and ML. So we need to find ways to get to those companies that are at the cutting edge of those.
1: If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience Podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.